What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there, and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. Jessica. I'm Yarel. And we are your lovely hosts of Wait Holds Up. You like how I just called us lovely? <laughs> yeah. In case you were like, I don't know how I feel today. I love that you are giving us a lot of love today. Thank you. I like it. Thank you very much. You know, I hope that you all are have started your day giving yourself love as uh, well. Yes. Um, because today, you know, I think it's really important. And one of the things that we really enjoy doing on the podcast is highlighting voices that are very different and unique from our own. For sure. I think that, you know, in society, people really get this idea of like Latina and they really only have one image in mind. One perception. One perception. It's And that's completely not the experience of our community. We are not a monolith. We are different in every possible way. Um, and I, I know that right now in our in conversation in the news, in the media, there's a conversation around immigration per, sure. very frequently. And in this conversation, we get to kind of dive deeper into that. Dive deep and also learn about a topic that we think we know enough, but there's so many layers to it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you listeners know someone, uh, have family members, friends, neighbors that are going through a difficult process in terms of their immigration status for the past few years. The whole topic of immigration, of a comprehensive immigration reform, has been uh, in the headlines for, I mean, I would I want to say for like a decade right. now. Um, a lot of students, a lot of young people, a lot of Latinx um, youngsters that are just really trying to find themselves and then add on the problematic that comes from them being undocumented. Right. Uh, so this we've we've talked about this topic before on the podcast, uh, but we really wanted to bring a voice that can speak to that experience exactly because there's only so much you know i'm first generation mexican-american you're second, second. generation mm -hmm. mexican um puerto, puerto rican. rican i mean stop but trying now, to adopt me <laughs> i know yet i was like you're mexican mexican by uh you association know, because, of, because of association um so you know our experiences with this topic yeah. are different you know i mean completely i i, like, I want to say up, i don't think that i know anyone at this point obviously it could have been unbeknownst to me that I did, but I want to say I did not know anyone who was undocumented or whose parents were undocumented uh, growing up. And the idea that someone could also have gone through high school or middle school or whatever, uh, not knowing that their status and how at a time when everyone is getting so excited for the next chapter in their lives, how things can change. And I know, like Yara was saying, we have discussed this in the past because we have had individuals who 
were undocumented. And so today we have someone who currently still is and who's a DACA recipient and who could really speak to just how she's feeling, you know, how she's feeling and how a lot of other individuals are feeling. But again, uh, her story is not everybody's story. And I think that that's the importance of storytelling. That's the importance of having these platforms is that everyone has a unique story and we need to give them a space and some time to hear it. And that's why I'm really excited because I feel like this girl's got a voice and oh, she's man. got she a does. passion yeah. and I'm just so excited to see how she takes over. And hopefully this also, you know, any everyone that's listening uh, sparks that in you to start these conversations as well because they can be sometimes even uncomfortable, Absolutely. you know, with not knowing and not fully understanding and not living through these experiences, maybe through other people, through friends, uh, opening up that discussion and that conversation to understand what this means to thousands of, of young people into thousands of families in this country. For sure, for sure. So, Yarel, tell us tell us about our guest after this introduction that everyone's like, okay, what are y'all talking about? Let us know. So our guest today, her name is Sara Mora. She is a leading voice for immigration reform um, out of New Jersey, New York, and of course in the entire country now. An organizer and a DACA recipient. She has stood up for her community and been a mentor to many young people who are facing one of the most uncertain and frightening times in their lives. Sara has given speeches, led marches on more than a dozen occasions across the country, and has authored acclaimed opinion pieces that have shaped the debate on the DREAM Act. And we're super happy to have her here from the east coast bringing a little bit of that uh or hoping that we give you a little bit of that warm weather in california (laughs) yes thank you so much for having me you have like a fascinating story of you know a child coming to this country uh um, from Costa Rica, you were born in San Jose. Came with your parents. You, you, your family all in in the East so Coast. So I'm here with my parents and my siblings. My brother was born here, but uh, my entire family, the rest of them, are in Costa Rica. And so then, I mean, it's like it's just amazing to me because you know when we talk a lot about like dreamers and um, you know immigration, like it's at three years old, like what becomes your home, right? Um, at three years old, this country was your home. Like this is the country that you've known your entire life. And throughout the years, to me, it feels like the conversation about immigration and about dreamers in, um, like specifically has shifted to like this country that like has not been so welcoming to you. Mm -hmm. I think it's an understatement to say it's not welcoming. I think it's aggressively oppressive. Um, and yeah, that's the battle that we fight being able to, um, build a better future for our parents and for hopefully a family that we could build in a nation that does not accept the people that it's using to build on. So yeah, definitely. At what point did you find out that you were undocumented? Like, had, did you grow up knowing that you weren't? Or was it, you know, like many people when you had to like fill out applications in, in high school or for a driver's license? Yeah, so to give some context, I grew up in what I feel like was the hood, right? So I feel like my identity was based off really my town and I didn't have to struggle with like oppression opposed to, I mean, com- in comparison to somebody who maybe grew up in a more bougie town, a more pretentious town where like your legal status or appearance was more obvious. So I really feel like I was in tune with it in high school and then trans- uh, transitioning into college because DACA recipients do not receive financial aid. Um, Jersey actually became the eighth state to pass financial aid and now New York the ninth. But other than that, um, financial aid is not provided and loans cannot be taken and um, grants cannot be 
is are just not part of a DACA recipient's college process. So I think that's when I became the most conscious because I also had friends who were too terrified and like confused and conflicted by the lack of resources and and then just resorted to going to uh, to working uh, despite being so bright. So I think that's when like my consciousness was the most woke. Mm. So there were multiple people that and you found out were like in your situation. It wasn't like you were the only one among like your crew. Yeah, definitely not. I just think, again, I grew up in a community where that wasn't prevalent. So I didn't have like none of us had to stress about that as much until like college time came. Mm-hmm. And when when did you um, growing up knowing this and like understanding this? Right. Um, because I, I, I love the term undo- uh, undocumented and unafraid, just being unafraid to be be as vulnerable to show to show the world like you're you know this is my legal status and being able to use that to be a voice in high school and college was there a part of you that said like I need to be able to share my story I think again surprisingly just bringing it back to the community I belong to I saw a lot of like the result of like being under an under-resourced community and my friends and like the way fights would break out the way that people would just be in a really like bad mental space growing up always kept me conscious that I was part of a group of people that the system was not for. And by the system, I mean the government, I mean the current administration, I mean people who very blatantly support a white supremacist agenda. Like I think spaces like that are the ones that motivate me when I was younger, but I was not as directly impacted as my friends from where I grew up. And so slowly just like sitting on the realization of being undocumented and being a DACA recipient is what got me infuriated like because I came from a point of just being a bystander and seeing my friends get more impacted by me in the system and then to realizing wait it's also me and like I'm DACA and like this is not going away and I can't leave the country and like my mom's and it's just like all the realization of everything happening despite always being like somebody who always tried to you know be involved in my high school and like board committees like they would call students down to kind of just give a agenda run through of what high school was like and I would be the first one crying and screaming and and being mad about like how this the system in high school wasn't prepared for the hood and like how kids were coming in here because they were trying to find home and like then they would run away when this when the administration would be too rough on them and like like it was just like funny because I feel like that environment prepared me to be like unafraid when I would get to college but I wasn't unafraid in high school I was like really quiet and I I wasn't in tune with academics because I had my own oppression and like I didn't get to the luxury to be dedicated to like do spoken word and like do the stuff that I'm now getting in tune with as I do this movement like this movement has empowered me to say it like that and to encourage other people to be like that too so how did you make that leap because if you were this girl from high school who felt really shy and didn't necessarily feel like you had the tools to step into this more activist uh, world, what was it or what moment was it or individual that really triggered and, and pushed you into this space? It was many moments, but definitely right when I graduated and I, I interviewed the president of Costa Rica with regards to DACA and he wasn't aware of the topic at all. So I used that to start my platform. And once he was unaware, I realized a lot of politicians were unaware of how to build a bridge between youth and administration. So once I interviewed the president, I was 17. So that means like, that's when every, like in reality, it started when I was 14. It started when I was 12. It started when I was 10. But to give some deadlines of like when I realized that like within the DACA space, it would be when I was 17. And then when DACA was rescinded in 2017, when I was 19 or 20, 
um that's when it was even more tricking. I was like, oh, oh, it's rescinded. All right, bet. Like, I have nothing to lose. Like, all right, if you're taken away, if you're telling me that now the one piece of security that wasn't even security is going to be taken away, then I don't care. What do I have to lose? Like, I'm not out here asking for permission. I'm letting people know that I'm educated. I'm letting people know that I got mad stuff to bring to the table. And I'm undocumented and unafraid because we get defined by that. Because people see DACA and that's why they want to hear. Because people see DACA and then mm, and then the intention comes. But I'm so much more than that. And so is 800,000 plus people. Yeah. So are the people who don't have DACA. So it's like that realization and really being educated enough and dipped into that space like I know I, I like this is like what I feel like is my calling for life right now like doing this you know what I mean and then it's gotten me into spaces and that's the consequence of like doing it but it's been the oppression like it hasn't been by no means this like spur of courage if anything it's pain you know what I mean like if anything and that's the problem right that's why I get into spaces and I'm like you know what I mean I don't feel uh happy when people say I'm brave because it hasn't been bravery it's been like a mix of a whole lot of trauma Mm -hmm. and I'm one person speaking what about people that aren't how much trauma are they feeling so it's like I don't think I'm brave I don't think if anything I'm trying to hope that some people from where I come from feel the same kind of courage Mm -hmm. and to and to feel like the value to actually be heard you want to talk about what those tears mean to you it's just like a spectacle like it's very i was just saying this earlier like i'm in this space because i know there's other little girls who are looking there's people younger than me looking at me and they're saying i have little cousins from all these spaces that i got and it's not blood family but it became like blood and they're like you, you you're my role model and that's why i do it but it actually feels like a spectacle it's a constant <laughs> And it's and that's why I'm angry and that's when I'm why I'm gonna keep getting educated and that's why I'm not gonna keep asking for permission because it is a spectacle to the system. The oppressor could come with one second and buy all this movement out, and that's why we know it's a white supremacist agenda. That's why we know it's white privilege, and that's why I'm becoming even more infuriated. And that's empowering me and every young girl behind me, every Latina that feels like. Should I talk? Yes, sis, talk. Talk now. That's my energy all 2019. Because 2018, I almost like didn't make it to this space of energy. And 2017, I almost got silenced. And I can only imagine who came behind me or around me. So that's why it's like infuriating. Because it's like, mm, <laughs> there's so much context. And I will not allow any access that I get through my platform to wash me up to be getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, if anything, every access I get, every space, I'll go in with the same energy that got me here. Because it's like... I don't want to get washed up by the system. The system wants us to get comfortable and then forget about where we come from and forget about how oppressed our people are. So what are your, your dreams and your hopes and aspirations for, for the community, Um, the immigrant community, the dreamers in this country for DACA? What do you hope? I don't think I hope anything right now, to be honest, to be very blatant. Like I think when I, when I go fund me and envision this trip here, I just hope that I could get here, right? I kind of just like have been living like that. Like, what is the next power move or what's the next move that's going to help me be a bigger mic for my community? So this was that. I said, I'm going to go watch. I'm a visitor. I'm a guest. I'm a humbled and honored guest. Being in in such a, a painful space with people who are really like using the little bit of access they have to help so many people that are not being heard. Like the people in the migrant caravan are some of the most oppressed people right now. And that was heard for like one month. And then that said it stopped trending. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm going to be gathering with a lot of journalists, 17, 18, 19 year old journalists that are on the come up to build this like 
coalition of people who are going to drag stories like Black Lives Matter movement. When you heard of Tamir Rice, you didn't hear one time. You meet these people. I met them before giving my speech Women's March. I had so much anxiety before giving that speech. And these women introduced us. They they have like this this very motherly, like very, this like, oh my God, this energy. And I know it comes from understanding that in the hood, you have to have your each other's back. If not, who's going to have it? And that's the same way I was raised. So then it just reminded me, brought me back to the roots. Exactly. Like, these people are not being heard or we're going to drag it until it's hurt. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let it go. I don't care if it's not trendy. I don't care if my platform gets boring. I'm going to keep pushing into spaces about the migrant caravan because that's my community too, just like DACA is my community, you know? And I'm not defined by that, but nonetheless, that's not being heard enough. And these people are being are looking at the people coming to help them like, oh, thank you. And then the people are taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in a place to help somebody. Don't. Let them overthink you. No, you say, mm, it's the least I could do, you know? And that's that's my headspace right now. Like, I don't, I don't really know what to say regarding hope. I think, if anything, my hope is that I could be of a little bit of service in such a dragged up system yeah. that I may not be washed up by the system regardless of how much access I get. That's my hope, and you know? T- Tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing mm-hmm. here in California so, with the migrant. So cabin. pretty much my plan w- uh, was being able to observe for some time period and then being able to bring all this narrative and content creation into a conversation on Instagram. And that's what it resulted in. So after observing, I just started interviewing people subtly without disturbing their work. Um, and just learning about the initiatives that they have going with regards to the migrant caravan. And I've been able to just compile posts on Instagram. So I'll be also doing like a takeover on Malala's post. I'll be able to do like a uh, takeover on UNICEF and like other pages regarding subtle stuff about my story, but that will bring attention to these posts. And I also reviewed Chicano Park community, which is so like, I don't even have a word to describe how unified and solid they are. Like they're not looking for new energy. They're just kind of like, what energy do you come from and what do you need? And I, and I loved that. And that helped me because it was like, mm-hmm. We want to replicate communities that are that solid in other spaces to not be asking out here to not be letting people come in here and and bring all these these get resources to then take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just been storytelling from the perspective of somebody who's already in the immigration system, who's undocumented. And while I haven't had like as much trauma and experiences as so many women in my community and men and people by like almost getting deported, I could relate that feeling. Like I could say this message because I'm awake. Like I'm not sleeping. I'm not letting nothing make me go to sleep. Regardless of how much access I get on my platform, I'm always like, and I know why I'm doing it and I know what I'm doing it. So that's been it. Storytelling, like just really being able to, oh, now with the compiling of this information and the content creation, I've been doing two messages. So one is people came and took pictures and exposed names and exposed information of people in the migrant caravan. And they got a lot of followers and they got a lot of likes. And then what? They left. So then now I'm coming and I'm like meeting these people. And a lot of people have been relating that same energy. They're like, what are you, how how long are you going to be here? When are you leaving? Because the people that came before you did it and left. And I started crying every video call. It was so hard not to. I'm like, 
I'm so sorry. Like I will do everything in my power to shame those people, but also moving forward to make calls to action that will lead to actual mm -hmm. things. Like what are we fundraising? I fundraised my GoFundMe to get here. So, so it must be sustainable to gather influencers and fundraise for like world, um, uh, kitchen. It must be sustainable to fundraise for deported veterans. It must be sustainable to fundraise for border angels. It must be sustainable to fundraise for new sanctuary coalition. And then all these online activists, I bet let's organize since you're an activist, right? Because let's make activism real trendy by actually doing the work that makes activism activism. So for, for that respect, obviously, I think there's plenty of people who want to feel like they're involved and or not even involved because there are plenty of people who unfortunately due to their circumstances can't be on the front lines. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't take away any of this need or desire to want to yeah. feel like they're making an impact. And so with your experience and the individuals that you're working with, obviously, you know, we want you to pass those resources along to us mm -hmm. so that we make sure that our community, our, the individuals that we speak with on a constant basis, they have that information exactly. handsy. Because I think we kind of get the same name circulated over and over again. And then you find out, oh, the money didn't make it or this didn't happen. And so you, we, you know, you want to be diligent, but then you can only go but so far in that diligence sometimes. Yeah, I think I'd love to do a follow-up kind of just like email with like uh, programs and organizations that are currently doing the groundwork. Right. El Otro Lado Organización, like they're working off Tijuana. These are the organizations that are not funded because they're not branded trending trendy but they are the ones doing the work and they're filled with people who are also already oppressed but are out here doing that work so i'll definitely relate that and definitely like it is about calls to action because people and 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 not thinking you know that that damn thing man that social media does and like ego does or you think you have to be here to be angelina jolie like yo I came here and I didn't want to come because of that same thing. Because I was like, how do I position myself so people are not like, here comes another Angelina Jolie wannabe. Mm. Like, bro, it's not about being there in person. It's not. It's about what are you doing locally? You don't, you don't even know the name of your community organization. You want to come down to Tijuana? Come on now. Let's get realistic. Like, you're not even 1% aware about the actual immigration system. And yet alone, you're trying to come to where it's all going down. That's real educated of you. You know, it's like getting down to the real you got to just get educated on where you're where you're living at the moment whatever state you're at and then yeah finding out about these organizations yeah. well which i will gladly share because that's that was the point of recollecting that content to then lead to oh well you're all angsty now okay cool yeah. great you're all angsty because that's what i wanted now it's six organizations that you could focus on either funding relating to others spreading their message finding ways to organize um clothing items like there's so much work to do. So if work, okay, abunda. Eso es demasiado. Está por todo lado el trabajo. Solo es, like, informarse qué es lo que la gente menos quiere hacer. La gente quiere estar en el momento y poder decir, oh, estuve ahí, poder la foto y poder... Ayudé y ya, y, y qué eso tristeza. Que, yeah. Eso es ego, uh -huh. egotístico. Like, bro, yeah. I didn't even want to leave San Diego. Like I made a video on Instagram and I, and I never cry on my Instagram. I always try to keep it strong. Cause you know what I'm saying? People are struggling out here. And sometimes they're like, wow, your strength made me go strong. So I try to not be egocentric and bust down crying on camera. But I cried and I say, y'all, this is so crazy, bro. Because I know people that could afford to be here, but they have no clue to how to help. And you know why? Not because they're not DACA, but because they're not, their, their ego is way, they're too sunk in their ego. If you zoom back for a second, sometimes you realize how fast it is to help. You know? Yeah, no, most definitely. But there's also something that you mentioned really quickly that I don't want to brush over because I feel like that's such a burden that you carry to think that you can't cry because you have to be strong. 
And granted, I don't walk in your shoes. And so I can totally understand that there's multiple layers to that. There's the environment that you grew up in. There's now what you face on a daily basis. But it's also like there's the other element of me that maybe is just like the mom that's like, I just want to hug that person that's like, nah, nah, I don't want to cry because I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. And it's so unfair that we put this that pressure and that burden on our leaders of these movements because part of the anger and part of the strength also has to be like calling out that bullshit and that sadness and letting that like that cleanse happen you know well that's why for me it's about channeling like i'm a very responsible leader if i if i'm gonna dare to call myself a leader and call myself an activist then i have to be accountable for my emotions Mm -hmm. and while i'm all for self-care i'm also very conscious that people love victimizing themselves Mm -hmm. so i've always been conscious about okay what is this space that i'm crying in because i don't want to fall like in the same routine that I see so many leaders ahead of me in in many respects doing. Like, I want to know about why I'm doing everything I'm doing because it's not subtle to be like, let me just cry on social media for 100,000 followers because I felt like it. Just like a politician should, just like a leader should, right? Like, it's like checking myself and my accountability because if I don't even do that, if I can't even be accountable, I'm and again, I'm not saying I, I'm... Like, I feel like I cry enough. Like, I feel like now I'm more in tune, like, yo, I don't feel good. I'm angry. Now I am, but like, I'm saying like, I'm also conscious of that because I don't like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, you know, no, no, nah. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe in being mad responsible and we know what we're doing. So if I need to cry, okay. Like I did. And people are like reposted. So I reposted it. I put it on my IGTV. I said, all right, let me show y'all crying. And I, and I was just crying because I was like, damn, I don't have the funding to stay in San Diego for like seven months. I know that if I get to stay in San Diego for six months, I know what I could do. So instead, I shared that with them, but now it's a call to action. So I'm going to give them calls to action, and I'm going to build my way up to coming back for three months eventually and really investing my my talents in this place, like branding and helping these orgs brand themselves. That's many times the reasons they can get access in certain spaces, and I learned that from being an undocumented youth. So. Hey loves, we're going to take a quick break to give you one of our listener reviews. Uh, As you all know, we love your reviews that you leave for us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us so, so much so that other people can find the podcast. And we wanted to share with you what Wonder Ivy recently said. She wrote, I'm so glad to have found your podcast. You ladies are so down to earth, relatable and informative. Thank you for all your content. I feel like I found so many connections to a variety of things due to your podcast. Episode 46 was awesome because I've yet to inform my mom about engaging in therapy because I don't want to hear the negative feedback that could potentially influence me. Oh my God. That is is amazing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I hope, Ivy, that you have engaged your mom in that conversation. I think it will be liberating for the both of you, truly, truly. And thank you for taking time to write and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. We love you, you and we are supporting you in your your journey as well. Let us know how it goes. Let us know how it was for you. You got this. And uh, we want to hear from uh, everyone. Send us your comments, your thoughts, and, of course, your reviews because we really need the reviews (laughs) on iTunes. Uh, Let us know what you think and what we what you would like to hear more of
you mentioned, I, and I want to briefly just touch on this, that you mentioned Black Lives Matter, right, which has been such a powerful movement um, across the country, something that grew that has been growing on social media. There's been a lot of criticism or, or attention to a lot of these, a lot of Latino groups, um, a lot of Latino organizations being much more divisive instead of finding that common ground to support all of our causes, to support everything that we're, that we all stand for, everything that we want to fight for and everything that we want to see. How do you feel about that? I think I'm going to give my opinion on intersectionality. I think that Moving forward, there's many young leaders that are working on making sure that every table they sit on is intersectional and they make every issue as equally important. So I think moving forward as a leader, uh, that's what I'm doing. Like, oh, your issue is my issue. Your pain is my pain. You're crying. I'm crying. And if you know me in person, you know that's my reality. So for me, rather than focusing on the flaws of the current Latino movement, I always pride myself on saying this so much my platform does not discuss and uh like gossip like my i never use my platform to kind of just and people call it uh being like holding people accountable but that's where i draw the line and i'm grateful to have not been in any mix because i i feel like that's what i want my platform to be dedicated to 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 showing other people who could relate to me and anybody else within this space that they can do it too. And I think moving forward, many activists are working and taking the time to make sure that their activism is intersectional. And if they're not, then I would use this time to encourage them to make their activism intersectional. I think we're humans and everybody makes mistakes and that also gets uh, blown out of proportion. So that's why I would never give an opinion about anything that has not included me. You know, I, I pride myself in always saying like, Everybody else's pain is my pain and I live it and I do it. You you taught you mentioned briefly self-care, right? And and everything that you do, and we love to talk about, you know, self-care on the podcast because we think it's vital. And what does your self-care consist of in everything that you're doing and, and everything that you want to do? So I'm gonna say a specific thing, right? Actually, I was just sharing that um like literally when I started organizing, I gained so much weight. And I used to pride myself in like fashion and like aesthetic before I was organizing and like when I started organizing I realized how out of touch I was with anything related to taking care of me and it wasn't until like August when some crazy stuff happened and I started I stopped working at the first nonprofit I worked at where I realized I'm not okay like I was like 240 and I'm 5'5 so like a weight that would be healthy is like the max 160 and I was 240 and I was stressed like you could tell it was just like such a stressed state so that's when I started to get more in tune with just like what is working hard and what is like not working hard, right? And I kind of just began to draw these lines within myself and doing like keto and like studying these like, you know, style of fast to kind of get myself more in tune with myself again. But self-care for me now is just like sometimes just stopping in the middle of having so much to do like today and just okay like I that's why I love philosophy because it's just like the idea of questioning everything and not being so fast to be sh sure and grounded in everything you do like I love the idea of questioning everything and just be like hmm like we're here today but we don't know about tomorrow so I say that to myself I wouldn't go on Instagram and say we don't know about tomorrow and give people <laughs> to freak out Doomsday but that's my post. no no but that's my mindset that's why I feel like I can operate on a, on a high speed of work because I'm also out of nowhere like yeah. oh well you know, not that it's a well, but it helps. It helps you keep grounded. So I share that a lot because that's my big method, like questioning everything and just sometimes really just like 
zooming out because I'm like I love nature and like I love like little things like I'm like oh if somebody buys me coffee I'm like so emotional I might cry I'm like wow I'm such an emotional person I think now more than ever 2019 my biggest goal was to share that because I think people have these expectations and I want to share with them oh no 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 don't get it twisted twisted. like Mm -hmm. I'm showing y'all what I what I'm but I'm also (laughs) you know this and it's like yeah hopefully in 2019 I get the opportunity to show also people that it's like really hard it's not just like a walk in the park you seem like the type of person who doesn't take no for an answer. Right. So for someone like me who sometimes takes no too much, I just I want I want I want to know like what's your approach when someone says no? Just in regards to everything, I think I'm a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Like that's my mindset. Like when I walk into spaces, I'm like I came to disturb the energy. I didn't come to take in the energy you have. Right. So I'm always like that. And part of it was the way I was raised. I was raised in a church and like with principles that were really solid. And it's less about the law and more about who you are and your identity. And I feel like my identity grounds me and gives me the authority to walk into spaces and disturb everything. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that was 2018 for me, like 2017, 2018, 2016. These three years after high school have felt like like it felt like a like a hurricane. Mm -hmm. And then so 2018, though, August was like a crazy weird month for me where I wasn't in school and I wanted to be in Harvard. And like it was just this weird, ugly space where I was lost and I was at my heaviest so much. And then I felt like a twist out of nowhere. And then I started working and now I'm at like 200 pounds. I lost 40 pounds from August to this month because that's the way I'm built. I'm like, all right, we're at the bottom. Hmm. Let's get to the top. Right. It's not can we. It's let's get to the top. So when you build an action plan. You're not thinking, let me wake up tomorrow. That's not, at least that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I'm thinking everything at the same time. And like, again, just not questioning whether you're invited into spaces, but instead really understanding you're, you're like the welcomed one kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Like almost like, oh wow, this was all put on for me. Why thank you so much? Should I take the head of the table? Mm -hmm. Why thank you? And I think naturally I learned that too, just even admiring and being a, 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 you know, Hopefully one day I could be a like a valued ally in the Black Lives Matter movement because just observing how they move is like the understanding of who you are and how you got to be the oppressed people puts you in the realization that that was your place all along. If somebody comes in and takes your house, do you thank them when they let you sit in your house? No, you say leave right or like you call the police yeah 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 so it's like it's the same concept now i'm like i'm a conqueror because my people are oppressed and if i'm not even the most oppressed of people then i have to always be conscious of every room i walked into and what value i bring and why i shouldn't be so thankful because we're taught to be thankful and that's part of the ingrained oppression our parents have teaching us yeah. to be submissive and thankful and selena y sonria and they don't again we have to can't be mad at them we have to be mad at the system that's mm-hmm, the problem mm-hmm, right we end up getting mm-hmm. mad at the oppressed too and right, we right, gotta right. get mad at the system and then dismantle it i think i'm a dismantler of systems how do you dismantle a system find out who you are that's what malcolm x did in the movement that he did he was showing people of color all around exactly who they were he would say who taught you how to hate the color of your skin oof every time i hear that i'm like oof. like to only be a leader like him in spaces like that where you're waking people up to their identity when you realize your identity you too sis you're gonna be like everywhere space you walk into you're like and it's your pleasure, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that realization puts you in a different identity space because yeah. you're no longer thankful that they allowed you in the space that was yours. Why? Why would you be thankful for them letting you into your house? Like, sis, girl. Yeah, that's like that's multiple, like multiple snaps. Multiple, multiple. <laughs> for real. Like, dismantle the system. 
find yourself. Mm. Yeah, for, for real. real. So you mentioned that this trip out to California is your first time on a plane. So can we talk a little bit about that experience? How did it feel? What was like, what were your expectations? Were you like, wow, this is actually really whack. This is not comfortable. <laughs> I was good for so long. Yeah, I feel like, well, first I was just so anxious leaving because like I'm a big sister and stuff and I'm always taking care of my friends. So I'm just like, oh, just leaving. I was like, oh, I don't want to leave them. I don't want to leave them. I was like really not like going through it, leaving. But once I got there, I was just like, <laughs> like not thinking about it. And then it always happens to me. That's how I am. I'm like, I'm not nervous. And then right when I get to the moment of doing the thing, I'm like, oh my God. And I got some Wendy's and like, dude, I tried to distract myself so much. And I got on the plane, I actually met, like, I'm always talking to strangers. I'm like, hey. Mm-hmm. And I talked to this young girl who ended up being my age from Sweden. And then I made a friend and then she, we kind of just got when the plane took off i just straight up started crying like it was so loud and overwhelming and i was like jesus like mm, 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 mm." i was sitting on that train like "Mm, mm," on that uh plane like uh uh and then i stopped crying and then i had to get over it and they (laughs) walked over right at least so that you well i feel like it was like i feel like it's not like what you think it's gonna be and i also chose like a night flight because it was more convenient and then it ended up just being better because i couldn't see too much outside and yeah. i was just like this works better and all aspects and i just got coffee like twice and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> so we want our people to be able to connect with you and every all of our listeners so where can they find you online so him i actually made sure that when i chose miss sarah moore which i don't remember when it was now i think it was three years ago I branded myself. So I did Miss Sarah Moore all across. So it's Miss, like a teacher, M-I-S-S, and then it's S-A-R-A. So it's three S's and no H. So it's Miss Sarah Mora on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and then only Facebook. It's Sarah Virginia Mora, which is my middle name. Oh, and nice. Very yeah. official. Yeah, very <laughs> official. Amazing. And I we know that you're going to go back down to San Diego, so you're going to be with the migrant community there, right? Not this time period. No? My hope would be to be able to come back. And Thank you're going to let us know. Oh, definitely. How For we sure. can also see how people, you know, our listeners can also help you out. Oh, that follow-up could come as fast as tomorrow because my uh, compilation of um, just like resources people could go to is ASAP because I'm here mm-hmm. to basically show people again, once again, let's repeat what's happening and human humanize this conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're concerned enough? Okay, great. Like, right? Like, that's what she means. And then now it's like, okay, call to action. The same thing people do at their organizations, but they clearly need a bigger microphone. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I mean, I, you know what? I think a lot of people, a lot of times people use the their lives as excuses. But I think that we can all take some time to, like, donate. It's literally like going online to buy a pair of shoes. For mm-hmm. sure. And then you're giving the funding to somebody sure. who's here doing it. So it's like. Exactly. That's about the thing. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking your time and it's joining us on your yeah. L.A. trip. Sorry that there's no beach right in front of me, <laughs> man. I feel like I, I should have had a piña colada for her or something. I made her feel like she's on a nice, like, tropical vacation. Next time. Next time. Thanks next so time she will not take that plane in vain. There will be a nice little cocktail there waiting for you with yes. a little straw. Yes. And I will be like, you are welcome into my house. thank you so much for having me dude honestly her passion um and her commitment to the community and to this fight is incredible and it's real because she is she is real in person real on her social media she calls it what it is she's not afraid 
to have these conversations with people that don't even understand what she's going right. through. She's really taking her platform to another level. And what I really admire uh, from her is that even even these topics of border security, of the situation that's happening on the border, she's bringing it up to uh, media, you know, mm -hmm. even even when media is not talking about it. Right. So she's like, these these conversations the are not going to die. Like, you're exactly. not going to use them in this sensational moment exactly. and then move on to the next. You're not exactly. going to use my community as pawns. And I respect that. And another thing For that sure. I really loved is we hear about the undocumented story very much related to, um, you know, Mexicans, El Salvador, people from El Salvador, from Nicaragua, from Honduras and Guatemala. Costa Rica is not a country that we hear represented right. in that conversation. Right. And that just provides more another layer, more context. And it really is this reminder that there are so many individuals who are affected by our current, you know, administration's lack of action or negative action that it's just like we need to expand our minds as to who this really does hurt and yeah. how and what communities this is impacting right um so you know and also not really I, I like again i don't really know much about it from the east coast so like having her bring all of her like east coast jersey energy and yes. be like i'm like a DACA recipient i'm like wait what, what? like shit's been happening right. in my backyard and when I was younger, right. never knew. Right. And like, and how, and how she's changing to the conversation, um, you know, kind of mixing in everything that's going on with pop culture. Mm -hmm. I find that to be like, just so powerful. The things she's doing with other like Latinx artists to bring attention to the issues mm -hmm. with Latinx musicians. Uh, she's building like this strong community and you know, she's doing a lot of this through like the help of the people that follow yeah. her. She's, she like knows about branding and platform and Instagram I know. and all these things that I'm just like, Oh my gosh, she's so young and yet so full of um, amazing ideas and wisdom that wherever she goes, she's going to be able to take this with her. And then her story, Absolutely. her story that is just so powerful. And she's not, she's not here to BS. Nope. She's not here to play games. She's not here. Uh, Cause I really did feel like I was learning. I, yeah. I could not just, I, I mean, I was just learning so much and I had so many questions about her situation and like, thousands and thousands of kids and children that are going to be going through that as well. Like yeah. that, that put my heart on like, Oh, I was feeling for her, yeah. you know, like I was feeling for that, that pain of not, of not being accepted here, of mm. not being wanted. And then where was like, you know, that idea, like where, where is she supposed to go? Yeah. What is home for her? Mm. Um, so I, I, I admire her so much and, you know, uh, and we're so glad that she yeah. joined us. And I think it's a reminder for all of us that, like, we, you know, we need to be conscious of, like, even if things aren't in the news, that there are still families and individuals that are continuing to fight mm -hmm. and who need our support. And whatever that looks like, whether that's financially, whether that's donating time, resources, whatever it may be, that it's something that shouldn't just be out, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And because this is a struggle that continues. Right. And, you know, something super uh, powerful that she reminded me of, and my dad told me this a while back, was like, you know, we sometimes always, if it doesn't indirectly affect us, then we really don't care, right? When, you know, the Muslim ban was happening, oh, it doesn't affect, like in general, the population doesn't affect yeah. you, so it doesn't. But it does. We're talking about humanity, whether it indirectly does 
um, affect you in some kind of way, whether you don't know, whether you know someone that's undocumented, Mm -hmm. whether you know someone that's, that's, uh, suffered from police brutality, whether you know someone in the Muslim community that's been targeted. Um, yes, we, we are all in this together. And mm-hmm. if you don't stand in the, for these causes that are important and that need to be addressed, then wh- who's going to stand for you when mm. you need it? That reminds me of um, this poem. And it is by a German Lutheran pastor. It's an old poem, but I, I've seen it going around more in recent years. And it's, first they came for the communists, but I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. And that is just one of those, it honestly just got chills. Because that is our reality, that... People will continue to say, but it's not about me, but it's not about me. It doesn't doesn't affect affect me. me. And when it finally does, you can't expect anyone to show up for you because you didn't show up for anybody else. And that's what's up. And that's what's up. And that's where we will leave it. Um... And we obviously don't want to leave on a bad note. No, like no, we don't no, want to leave no. on a super low no, note, y'all. No, no. Uh, um, you know, follow Sarah for sure. Check out all yes, that she's Sarah, doing. Thank you so much for, for joining us, for sharing your story. We support you, girl. We yes. look forward to seeing where your life takes you because you are a powerhouse and we if if you're young, if this is the beginning, girl, sky is the limit. Right. Sky is the right. limit. Um and, you know, and we thank you all. Thank you guys for, you know, tuning in this week, for tuning in faithfully week after week. We really appreciate that. We will have some changes coming up um, due to our schedules and lives and also the fact that we want to keep the content um, full of quality and, right. and amazing. Uh, we're going to switch our programming so it's going to be pretty much every other like week. That like so official, Jess. It's like I we're mean, switching up our programming. Listen, girl, we've been doing this <laughs> for a minute. Um, we will be switching up our programming. We will now have episodes go live every other week. So probably the second and fourth Wednesday of every month, uh, right. however that falls. But, you know, that's, again, we want to make sure that our quality is amazing. Yeah. And, and that we give you enough time for you to... Listen to the ep- to the podcast. Yeah, sure. Listen to the episode. Sure. You'll have put two it, weeks. Put it on them, Yarel. Put it on them. <laughs> you have two weeks. You know, you'll listen for 20 minutes one day and then I mean, 20 minutes another that's day. Real. That's real. You that's know, real. It's, it happens. So, and then you have more time to like digest and learn about the topic as well. As always, please leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on our social. Wait, hold, wait the hold the pod. pod. Oh, yeah. Was <laughs> that was nice. And that's it. That's that's all. We're just sending you all mad mad love. Mad love. Thank you, like always, for tuning in. Have an awesome day. See you guys next time. Next time. Bye. Bye.